Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Take Variety Hour. Second Take Variety Hour is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Second Take Variety Hour special episode. <sighs> it's all the bad movies of the last decade. Ooh, spooky because they're bad and they're oh. haunting us by existing. I'm Sebastian. Hello. I'm Andy Schosser and I am terrified for this list. I'm Jordan and I've got some opinions. Wonderful. Um, If you joined us last week, we did our top 10 films each for the decade. This is the other half of that list where it's our top bottom 10, bottom (laughs) 10 lists. It's the bad ones. We're doing 10 bad films ranked in some order. What order that is? Well, let's talk about that. I ordered these, not necessarily because they were bad films, although I think objectively they are on the worst end uh, of the the spectrum. Um, But... These were uh, certainly selected and ranked by order of disappointment. Either in uh, what, what difference I experienced in expectation or anticipation to what I, what I got or how I felt when I came out of the theatre, or just you know, in missed opportunities. You know, if a film had a lot of missed opportunities or was itself a huge missed opportunity, it made this list and it was elevated in the, uh, in the ranking. Much like last week, I've got a list here of Zane's um, bottom 10 films. He has ranked his as the biggest wastes of money. So his are literally ranked by, they're all terrible, but this one costs the most, so it's at the top of the list. Um, Which is another way of doing it, of how much money was wasted on trash. I think an important um, distinction has to be made that bad films aren't necessarily bad. Like we were talking about this off air before, that there is a point at which, you know, a film is so bad that it starts to become good. It starts to have, uh, you know, that ironic quality in 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 watching it. You're laughing at the film, not yeah. with it, and it's more of a it's more of a parabola, more of a U shape, where all the worst films, as far as I'm concerned, are the ones you know at the bottom of that mm-hmm. of that uh, 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 sort of bowl. Yeah, it just where you have no reaction, yeah. where, you, where where you neither love nor nor love hating it. It's just flat. See, I had parts of trying to compile my list where I was taking that into consideration because I do have a soft spot for movies that (laughs) are so bad that they're good. And a couple of them, as much as I do enjoy viewing them, they're bad movies. So I had to put them on my list. But that that whole sort of paradigm does come into play a little bit when I was ranking. (laughs) (laughs) So this is my problem. If we're doing top and bottom 10 films of our lives that we've seen, you know, 
I would have still put Mortal Kombat Annihilation on my top list because it's so bad. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. But we all know it belongs on this list here if that's the situation. But sure. I, but for me, if it's so bad that it's funny and to that extent, it yeah. can, well, we can push bounds. I'm yeah. like, yeah, sorry, yeah. Django, get yeah. fucked. <laughs> Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> I, guess, I guess you could say that I rank these by how unentertaining they were. So the number one on this list is the most unattending film I've seen in the last decade. See, I ranked mine by how insulted I feel as an audience uh-huh. member having to sit through them. Yep. Okay, and that that's not yep. because the film's necessarily talking down to me, but if it's just if it shows that they cared so little about their internal logic or what they're presenting, if they're handing this to me and saying, "No, this is good," and I'm like, "No, it's you know it's not good. You knew yeah. it wasn't good when you released it, and you're still <laughs> releasing it." That's right. That's going to be a lot of DC on this list, isn't there? Mm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it in my bones. Um, well, without this is, further ado, I was going to say this. Remember, this is our sun list, though. These are the ten films that we launch into the sun. <laughs> That we spare future generations for. Yeah, I don't think anybody will miss these ten. What's the opposite <laughs> no. to, a, to a, a time capsule? You know, when you're like, you're like, oh, we'll preserve this for future generations to, like, oh, I That's can't believe phones used to have corns. Simply burning <laughs> the negatives to, to ash. Yep, we just forget about it. Well, nope. we were all on vacation. <laughs> this never <laughs> happened in history. <laughs> well, Andrew, we'll do what we did before. I'll fill in for Zane. But did you want to um, start sure. us off? What start is your number off? ten? Number ten. No, the the tenth unentertaining film I saw in the last decade was a 2014 film, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. The Michael Bay reboot. I grew up quite enjoying the 90s movies and the and the cartoon, of course, uh, as well. So when this was advertised, I was not terribly excited for a reboot. But hey, yeah, maybe look, when, Mike, when Michael Bay attaches his name to something, the excitement level generally <laughs> gets knocked down a few pegs. <laughs> But you know what? The films aren't terrible. Like I think I saw the first Transformers and didn't hate it. I wasn't interested in to see any of the sequels, but it was fine for what it did. So I thought maybe this one was too. But it just spoiled a lot of what the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was about. Okay. F- you know, in 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 my memory of the of of the nineties film, which I've yeah. watched subsequently and. You know, still enjoyed. I purposely didn't watch that movie right. for that exact reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zane's number ten, and oh, I should give the budget because it's the reason it's ten is because uh-huh. it's it's the lowest in budget of his films. <laughs> Coming in at nineteen million dollar budget, Sausage Party. Right. He's spoken to me it about was, it this. It was pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> he he kind of he just felt like what should have been a fun like adult take on the Pixar genre just ended up being a bunch of dick jokes, and he's like. That, that, yeah, that is pegged towards an adult market in theory because you can't tell those jokes to kids, but it was still kids-level yeah, humour. Right. Yeah, so he had no bar of that. <laughs> Alrighty, my number 10, right at the very top, is what I was talking about before. It's a, a movie that's so bad that I just quietly, I do enjoy it for how <laughs> bad it is, but I feel like I'm giving it too much credit to not put it on this list, okay. which is Sharknado. Okay. Yep, I get that. Yeah, it's it's a fun movie to watch because you can look at it and be this is so fucking stupid. Somebody got paid to make this. Many people got paid to make this and, you know, five or six sequels or whatever it was. And it's it's a fun watch, but God, it's a terrible film. My wife tells a rather amusing story of the time I saw Sharknado, Mm -hmm. which was alongside a couple of bottles of Chardonnay. (laughs) Uh, That's a a good way to watch it. (laughs) On, a, on an empty stomach, no less. Uh, and just just recalling how my reactions to the film 
were far more entertaining than <laughs> anything that was going on in the film. And I imagine you'd be a fun person such. to watch them alongside, yeah. I remember it fondly, like in that in that sort of so bad it's good yeah, kind of way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, my number 10 film, my bottom 10, whatever. <laughs> my, my number 10 film on the list of trash, my trash film. Um, and this, this one is ranked so high on this list because I swear if you squint, you can see a good movie in there. Okay. But you got to fucking squint hard. <laughs> Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Oh, come on. Right. There is almost an amazing film in there. But yeah, every time, almost, yeah. every time they were like, <laughs> it's like a scary movie that when she runs out because she's been chased by the killer, and there's a sign that says, you know, safety, certain death, and every time they turn towards certain <laughs> death, and you're like, oh, you were so close. And there is some good shit in this movie. There, there is, but unfortunately, just through gaps in the plot, motivations that aren't explained, and just comic book bullshittery for yeah. no reason, it just for a film that was trying to be so serious, it just didn't go the extra mile to legitimize why it was doing that. But the re- like, the, like I said, it comes in at number 10 because I mean, the intro running through Metropolis, oh, sorry, through, yeah. Yeah, that's right, Metropolis. When Superman's like blowing shit up and he's as Bruce Wayne and running into buildings, really cool stuff. I just wish the entire film lived up to that <laughs> intro because that it started off so great. It certainly does peak early. Yeah. My, my point of contention with this film of how stupid I find it is there's a scene where Batman needs to find out um, where the kryptonite's being stored by Lex Luthor. So what he does is he shoots a tracker onto this van, but then he immediately gets into the Batmobile, chases after the van and blows it up. <laughs> and it's like, you, you put a tracker on it so you can see where it goes. And now he like they, they end up escaping, which means he did a bad job of tracking them. But if they didn't escape, you wouldn't have known where they were going. And now in theory that they were chased by Batman, why are they going back to where they were meant to go anyway? You'd go exactly. somewhere else. Like that that level of fuck you, it doesn't matter. I was like, yeah, you're right. This movie is stupid. Exactly. So yeah, but you can listen to our two and a half hour review of that. <laughs> <laughs> in the annals of history on this podcast. Oh, yeah. it's intense. Mm. <laughs> Number nine. Yep. 2012, Skyfall. Was that my number nine yeah, of the good? Really yes, it was. That was what was so remarkable about it. I love James Bond. I loved Javier Bardem as the villain in this one. I loved the the train, the metro train crashing through yeah. the cavern and that whole sequence there. I loved everything about Skyfall. I hated the Scotland M. Home Alone third act sequence. Hated it. It was so unbond. It put me off Bond films entirely. But do you get it when he's when he's swimming under the lake and he sees the light? It's like he's being reborn. Do you get it, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you get it? I hated it. <laughs> Alrighty, I can't I... believe you. <laughs> I love that film. <laughs> it's like putting Space Jam on this list. I'm like, no. what is wrong with you? <laughs> Top 10 of all time. <laughs> My number nine was the 2015 edition of Fantastic Four. Okay. What a piece of garbage. Yep. <laughs> so, com- so bad. Completely unmemorable. Like, once again, really you is. squint and you can see some yeah, cool ideas like in it. There's definite like hope spots in it. Yep. yep. Ultimately, <laughs> it's all heat. It's just heat, heat, heat. It's a bad movie. That movie. Like you, like you know that something's gone wrong when your sequel gets cancelled and you lose the rights to the franchise. Like you've fucked up. Yep. yep. It's remarkable in that film, like 
in what should be the the moment where they get together for the first time and they fail and they learn from the mistakes and they come back and fight stronger. No, they just win. <laughs> That's it. An hour and a half into the film, they just they're, they're just a team and they win. And it's like, well, that was easy. So much for <laughs> yeah, so much for the movie. Yeah. Thank you. Like I have hey, just changing up the formula every now and then can be good, but this film's like literally it, it's like you can see the budget just shrinking <laughs> until the last ten seconds. And you're like, oh god. <laughs> yep, we're fantastic. Um number nine, right? For Zane. No, I've done Zane's nine, haven't I? What was his nine? I didn't hear it. Oh, maybe I just forgot to do it in total. <laughs> um, Zane's number nine, coming in at $50 million budget, was the Emoji Movie. I've not seen it. Okay. Sorry, yeah, I didn't watch it either, but I've heard nothing but bad things. <laughs> that was the third film on my didn't see it, never want to list. Yeah. Um, my number nine, Jupiter Ascending. It turns out the Wachowskis can be bad, and here they are being bad. And do you know why they're bad? <laughs> Because they try and tell a story that is kind of interesting, but they don't take it anywhere and they tell it to you three times during the film. <laughs> yep. It's my number eight. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, we, we'll, we'll go on an angry rant in a minute's time, but I guess. <laughs> well, wait. This was, literally this minute's time, it's number eight. I was so bored yeah. by it. It was so boring. Yeah. And I appreciate what they try to with some of the visuals. But when you do, like with Channing Tatum looking like a little pig boy thingy, when you look at that, you have to stop and think, I, I know that you've envisioned something, but it genuinely looks goofy. Yeah. So you go back and you do something different. Still make him different. He doesn't have to be human. I get that. But you can look at it and say, this was a mistake. Let's not commit to making it a mistake <laughs> for two hours. Yep. And they didn't. <laughs> exactly and that's right. like, oh, well, you got to... I'm curious. One of the Wachowskis or Wachowski, whatever. One of them is returning for the Matrix continuations. Right. So that definitely is going ahead. Yeah. Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss, I think, have also signed okay. on. I haven't heard about Larry, but maybe. I, I hope so, because I enjoyed Lawrence and those. Um, but one of the Wachowskis is returning. And I okay. don't know why the other one isn't, but. I just hope that it's the one that you know looks at Pig Boy and thinks, nah, <laughs> let's not do that. What was that movie actually about? Because I don't think I've seen Royal it. Families. Yeah. Um, who was the main? It was, it was Mila Kunis. It was a, yeah. It was it was okay. a Prince and the Pauper. I'm back in. <laughs> Prince and the Pauper rags to riches kind of okay. story. Sure. Um, but done in a really convoluted way that had a few plot points that they took two hours to explain oh, over okay. and over again. Yeah. Just beat you over the head with it with awful dialogue. It, mm. It's either unrefined dialogue or it just was over-refined and was so fancy it, it was completely detached from the tone of the film. Yeah, right. It just doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like everybody split up a section of the film and okay, I'm going to go intense on, on the detail on this and I'm going to do this really well and then nobody step back to take a, 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 a good look at the whole picture. Right. Because when it's all assembled together, it's just a hot mess of, you know, f all these fantastic little elements that, you know, could make a good film that just go nowhere. I'll be a bad guy here. Um, I, as somebody that, that writes and puts you know things together with people like Jordan, I hate the idea of an outside influence coming in. And I, I like I like people to give me their opinions on what we've presented before we've made it so we can make alterations as we go. That's all great. But I hate when somebody has to come in and be like, this is, Im this is impossible to do or I won't allow this or this. I hate giving directives, getting given directives rather than, you know, having a discussion, yeah. working it out. But when it does come to 
the filmmaking process, sometimes that studio lingering over people and saying, hey, I see what you're trying to do, but I think for the masses, you should do this instead. Yeah. It can be beneficial sometimes. I look at community. Or even, or even just somebody saying, hold on, look at these things together and they don't really make sense. Yeah. I can see what you're doing, but they don't work. Like, say what you will about the prequels, but George Lucas had no restrictions for episodes one, two, and three. And we can probably say out of the ones that he's directed, they are the least interesting than compared to four, five, and six. Yes. Asterisk, they're all bullshit anyway. <laughs> but then uh, community as well. I, I love Dan Harmon, but he had full fucking reign on the Yahoo season when he, when he was brought back in. Right. And I enjoy that. I like community, but seasons one, two, one and two, for example, are, are much best. stronger. Mm. And there was him working within restrictions. You have to get creative. You have to do something about that. But when you can just do fucking anything. Yep. It's not interesting. Yeah. It's because you can just do it. Yeah. Yep. And there's, I can, there's I, no work around. There's no effort. Exactly. Yeah. And in Jupiter ascending, let's just do anything. And like, wow, that's you've, you've literally done anything. Haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so there we go. So that's number eight. Zane's number eight, really quickly. I've not seen it because why would I waste my time? At a $60 million budget, The Ridiculous Six. That is my number seven. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Why <laughs> did neither of you put it at number six as the most infuriating part of this? <laughs> because there are worse films not, to talk about. Well, you talk yeah, about it yeah, then because yeah. I have nothing to say about that. But Jordan? Uh, so my number eight, I had Paul Blart, Mall Cop. What a piece of trash. Yeah. The People need to stop enabling Kevin James, like, just please, just stop giving him money to do things. Can I plug one good thing to come from it? There is a, I, I'm plugging a podcast that is much more successful than this podcast called Till Death Do Us Blart. <laughs> it's done um, with the McElroy brothers from my brother, my brother and me and some other shows and a couple of, I think they're actually Kiwi comics. Um, but what they do is they meet once a year and they record one episode every year where they've all gone and watched Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. And okay. then they, they have to go through and review it. But once a year, every year until they die. Is okay. the idea. Till, so it's Till Death Do Us Blart. There aren't many episodes of it. That's a nice But idea. it's very funny. Yeah. And it's, okay, it, I can appreciate that. And as a podcaster, I look at that and say, that's a low buy-in idea for a podcast, you bastards. I wish I had that one. <laughs> um, ooh, number eight, were we? Sorry? Yeah. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Hot garbage. Mm, yeah. Look at it. It's terrible. Electro was literally a blue boy. <laughs> that was terrible. Everything. I hate that movie. It was so stupid. Yep. They rushed in the Gwen Stacy death as well, which is- uh, Done so poorly. Yeah. It's like, let's just- like, That's such a huge part of like Spider-Man lore as well. And let's just throw it at the wall randomly in a movie that wasn't even really about the Green Goblin. <laughs> cool. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just, yeah, I'm glad that they- There was far too much going on in that movie. Yeah, But, you know, plus side, that movie sucks so much that we got the amazing Spider-Man and it was amazing. No, sure. wait. Yeah. No, wait, yeah. wrong one. What do we have now? Homecoming? We have Homecoming oh, and Far, far From, from home. home. They didn't give him a nickname? No, he's oh. just Spider-Man. No, sorry, I take it back. The good news here is we got Tom Holland. I'll just, I'll just say that. <laughs> that came out weirdly. But yeah. Well, there we go. Number seven. Number seven, Ridiculous Six for me back in 2015. This was the first in a series of four films that Adam Sandler was going to do with Netflix. Yeah, I'm about to get into that. <laughs> so it was Ridiculous Six. Uh, uh, the do-over, Sandy Wexler came next. And the last one was Murder Mystery. Uh, which came out just this year, and it's on my list a little bit higher up. Uh, Ridiculous Six, it's a it's a Western spoof, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, th- I think I kind of a spoof of um, Hateful Eight or Good and Bad and the Ugly. Um, all the those. Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven, yeah. All yeah, those. Seven Samurai. I mean, they're all yeah. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Of just um, these six people. Oh, I'm not going to spoil it by revealing it. They're all brothers, you know. If Terry Crews is one of them, and they're all brothers because their father slept around in six different families. So they all come together. I can't even remember what for, but it's just awful. It's all fart and shit and diarrhea jokes. Of course it is. At the lowest level. A Million Ways to Die in the West was also bad, but it did this much better. I would agree. Yeah. And it has that really oddly out-of-place hilarious joke where he runs into Doc Brown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is like the <laughs> yeah. best part of the movie. Best part of the film and the only good part of the film, really. Oh, and them talking about how, uh, how they keep getting like dysentery and can't stop shooting themselves. <laughs> Surprisingly funny for a shit joke. Yep, and that's... The majority of what Ridiculous Six is all about. Uh, it's all those, mm. uh, not literally shit jokes all the way through, just that level of humour where they just take something that could be funny in some context you know, of telling a bigger story, a bigger joke, and they just make it about that. Yeah, mm. I don't think I even got through the entire trailer before I realised I didn't <laughs> want to watch that yeah. movie. <laughs> Some part of me was I, like curious, but then I was like, "But you know, it's you know, it's bad, right?" Like, and I couldn't, I couldn't even. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix film. Like, I know I've technically already paid for it, but <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want it. Um, Zane's number seven, um, coming in at ninety million dollars. Now you see me too. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't like that franchise myself. I'm. I like the first one. But the second one was... I haven't seen the second one. I did like the first one, though. Yeah. No, the second one was rubbish. We disagree on all these fronts. (laughs) (laughs) All Coming in at number seven, I had, again, another uh, sort of multiples. It's basically uh, Jack and Jill, That's Mm. My Boy, essentially anything Adam Sandler did this decade. Okay. Not good, not funny. Nothing about it is redeemable. Again, he's someone that needs to stop being given permission to make movies. Just take take movies away from Adam Sandler, please. Bad. Well, I mean, he and Shyamalan are examples of people who get work because they... Because they peaked early. No, they bring in the money. Well, yeah, I guess whatever yeah, I guess his deal with Netflix must be pretty massive. Whatever you say about them, you know, they keep producing hits uh, as far as uh, the gross is concerned. And that's why they get work because they make studios all, money. That must be why he's working with Netflix because you don't really have to be concerned about how much money the film's going to make as such because everyone's already paid for it, really. Well, I mean, but then you have to scrutinize the budget because you. Yeah, I guess that's you're, true. You're not going to take it when when you release it. You know, it just yeah, that's it just true. falls under your production budget for the whole year of all the right. other stuff you're going to do. Yeah. Okay. Number seven, where are we on? But then you've got yes. it forever. Yeah. Ugh. Do you want to have it's Jack and Jill <laughs> forever? Like- Green Lantern. Ryan. Yeah. Horrible film. Looks bad. <laughs> story's bad. Acting's bad. I love Ryan Reynolds. He cannot save this film. I don't think he's fucking trying either. Um, best thing that came out of this was we got him as Deadpool. And even that, I'm not a huge Deadpool fan, but it's better than this shit. So yeah. number seven, yeah. yeah. Number six though. Now, keep in mind, I rank these in order of my disappointment. So either in you know, the, <laughs> the difference between what I anticipated and what I got, or just how much of a squandered opportunity it was. This is a lot of legwork. What have you done? Number six, Fifty Shades of Grey. I've never seen 2015. This. Me either. I've seen it once. I was in New York at the time. The best part of the film was the two black girls sitting behind my wife and I at the end of the film, the credits start rolling and you hear from behind us, 
that's it? <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> right. Just a bland film from start to finish. Yeah. Of telling, you know, a soap opera uh, story that, you know, would be a B story. Right. You know, they would have a few minutes dedicated to it in a 20-minute or 40-minute episode stretched out to yeah, be a two-hour film and yeah. it's so dull. Yeah? Yeah. That's what I've heard. And you don't even get any tits. Oh, what a ripoff. Well, what the hell? <laughs> For a movie that's if there about were, sex, how is there no tits? If there were tits, it wouldn't be on this list. <laughs> um, I've not seen this one, but it's Zane's number six at a budget of $140 million. <sighs> Gods of Egypt. Wow, I haven't even heard of it. But I bet there's goodness. no Egyptians in it. <laughs> I believe there's a written review for it on our website by Zane. Um, Is it a game adaptation? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's not set in Egypt either. It's set on like weirdly... So you're being lied to from the get-go, yeah. essentially. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Is it Terry Pratchett? It's, it's not Terry Pratchett, but you know like the Discworld thing? Right. It's set in a similar environment to that. Okay. But it, that's all I know about it, and it's, he did not enjoy it. But there's a review written on the website, so you can go find out exactly why that is. But it was expensive a, and shit. It's a point. really high budget for a movie I've never heard of. I can't imagine they made it back. I think Gerard Butler's in it. Okay. I think. Sure. That explains some of those monies, I guess. Number six, Jordan? <laughs> Number six, I had Zoolander 2. Oh, Yeah, I haven't mm. seen it. Yeah, I didn't see yeah, it either. Yeah, don't bother. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like if you ignore all of the ways you would usually measure like a movie to be good, then it was enjoyable. Okay. But ultimately it was just like, it shouldn't have happened. It was unnecessary. I don't know if it's just that like comedy has evolved or my personal taste in comedy has evolved, which probably hasn't. I love dick and fart jokes, but it's so, so bad. And like, I feel like if I go back and I now try to watch the first Zoolander, this movie is going to have an effect on my enjoyment of it, even though it's, you know, it's one of those like classic kind of comedies in yeah. of, of the newer generation of films anyway. But it's so, so bad. <laughs> if I implore you, both of you, don't do it. Just, just pass. Never <laughs> even been tempted. Uh, the first one was okay. Like, yeah, I, I enjoyed the first one. It's not on my list, but like I love Anchorman and it took me about five years or whatever to see Anchorman 2. Actually, Jesus Christ, no Anchorman, chuck that on there too. Anchorman 2, shouldn't <laughs> have happened. Fuck it, not good. There are rewarding moments of Anchorman 2 though, right? I don't know, that fight scene went on for a long time. <laughs> yeah, look, that, that was genuinely funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number six, you guys will join me for it. Thank God we got to watch it just before this list came out, Last Airbender. Oh, I still yeah. don't know how, I just still don't know what happened in that film. I think there were some redeemable things in that film. I don't know what was going on, man. The last Airbender's um, coming up on my list. Well, there we go. Well, I'll leave that to Jordan because he <laughs> might remember the plot because I have no idea I don't. what happened. I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm sorry. I think there was a fire boy and I think he was the better one, but I don't really. That's I fell asleep twice, guys. <laughs> I know. Um, Number five. Number five. This is what I call the surprising five. Number five. You'll like this, Seb. Terminator 5, Genesis. Did I, not see it. Okay, this is weird. I think I've seen that movie, but I don't know how because I couldn't tell you any of the plot, but every time I've seen clips of it, I'm like, oh yeah, I have seen it. I don't remember seeing, seeing that and watching it though. Have you seen either of the first two Terminators? Yes. Exactly that. Actually, <laughs> much worse. Weird thing. I've exactly never seen that. the first Terminator. I've only seen T2 onwards. Really? Oh, really? T2's one's great. Good. First one's good. I, I have a soft spot for the first one. Yeah. I like it the most. Yeah. Arnie's only ever been a good guy for me, <laughs> which is the weirdest thing. I just, I've never seen the first one. Now, Terminator 5, definitely a squandered opportunity. Uh, 
it it tells the same story. Like they took no risks at all in telling Genesis. There may be one or two interesting scenes in it, but nothing of consequence really happens. Uh, John Connor is the bad guy in it. Is Clark any good? He's the one from Game of Thrones. He plays. He oh plays, no, no, sorry, Amelia. Clark. Amelia Clark. Eh, she's a. She's kind of bland. Yeah. Like she's fine, but Linda Hamilton is. Uh, the definitive Sarah Connor, and she kind of plays a version of Linda Hamilton's Sarah Connor rather than playing the character. Did you see Dark Fate that just came out with Linda Hamilton back no, in as Sarah Connor? I haven't seen Dark Fate. I've heard it's does not fix what we've gone through, but well, it's it meant to be the best one since T2. Right, it essentially unwrites everything that's happened since T2. Yes, I've so, just heard quality-wise, though, it's so a Rise good replacement of, for three. Rise of the Machines. God, I hate when Salvation, like franchises do that. And Genesis, it un- undoes those because it's a sequel to T2. Right. Yep. Dark Fane. But I've heard, once again, the order in quality, I've heard is 2-1 and then this one, and Dark yeah. Fate. That's, that's and the- Jai Courtney, again, plays Jai, uh, uh, um, Kyle Reese, but he doesn't really do anything with it. He's just a pretty face. Is he? No, he's not. He's an ugly boy. Well... <laughs> He's got a weird face. He's a model. <laughs> I guess he's... Beauty is subjective. He's a hand <laughs> model. It doesn't count. But nobody really does anything interesting. Uh, you know, the, the bad Terminator is, you know, a rip-off of uh, Robert Patrick's uh, T-1000 from, from T2. Yet yeah, there, there are no risks. There's nothing interesting going on. Completely squandered opportunity all around. Well, this next one's a quick one because we've already spoken about it, but Zane's number five at $150 million. The Last Airbender. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Fair. So my number five, um, this one I kind of took the Andy route. This is something that personally just really disappointed me, uh, which is the 2011 remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street, which I believe, I think it came up a couple weeks ago maybe. Because mm-hmm. Rorschach played um, yeah, Freddy Krueger. We took I, disca- I explained my disgust. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, aside from Jackie O'Haley, who is genuinely good in the role, I feel like if you were going to cast someone new to do Freddy, I feel like he's a good choice. He did well, but the movie itself is just not good. Like none of the other performances are any good. It's, it's bland. Like there's just nothing, nothing that kind of makes the original and maybe let's say the first four films in the franchise really good. It's just none of it's there. Okay. I feel like it's just a bland exploitive uh basically just it was easily a money grab to just use the property and make some money which a lot of horror franchises had that happening at the time in that early 2010s this would be the worst of them in my opinion i don't know if it's just because it's my personal favorite horror franchise that i feel so disheveled by it but fuck it's a bad movie (laughs) (laughs) all right this is Bad choice by me, and don't punch me in the face because I know. Oh, actually, I think I'm both safe. This is, I'm in safe company. Rogue One. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Didn't it, like it. it. To in the film's defense, it had a very messy production, but it felt like it did. And once again, we spoke about Mad Max Fury Road, which had a messier production and topped some of the lists. Last Action Hero had a messy production. Yes. Die Hard had a messy production. It ended messy up being production is not an excuse for a bad movie. <laughs> no, no. Bob, I think they changed... No, Solo is the one that changed. I don't know what the fuck happened. They reshot some of Rogue One. Anyway, it was messy, Solo. jumpy. The editing was just yeah. sloppy to begin with. Like It literally jumps around in places that don't make sense. Yep. Um, they waste having... Um, oh, what's his name? I forget the, I get the character's name. Saw Guerrera. Um, the... Um, uh, 
Last King of Scotland. I'm forgetting his- Oh, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Yep. Absolutely yep. wasted in the Squandered. role. That's right. Um, really cool concept, which is why it makes it so high on the list because I think it was a really fun idea of going in and having your sort of, this is a bit of foreshadowing guys, having your sort of Suicide Squad thing going oh. on. Um, but uh, much like the Suicide Squad, you fucked it up. It was just, it could have been, I legitimately, I think it could have been the best Star Wars movie with that plot, that cast, and the idea of where they went with it. And much like every other movie on this list, every time they had an opportunity to do something good, they took a bad turn instead. And yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Number four, 2019 film, Captain Marvel. Really? Interesting. It was bland. The character, okay. Carol Danvers, didn't grow at all through the story. She started off quite powerful, and the big climax is her realising, oh, if I just take this thing out of my neck, I'll become unbelievably powerful. Okay. There's no growth, there are no stakes, it's so bland all the way through, and it's men stupid, women good, all the way through. Beats you over the head with it. I did not enjoy any part of this film at all. It was completely bland. That one's out of left field, yeah. I feel. For me, it's, it was like middle-of-the-road Marvel and that's to say it's on the good side of the, the scale of bad and good. Um, I've, I'm not, I don't agree with, personally, I don't agree with this placement on this list, but for me, it's one of the ones boring. I felt I least so interested bored. in yeah. going back to. So boring. Um, I can see, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's hard for me to say. For me, if I had a, if I had a top 10 list of ambivalent movies <laughs> <laughs> where everything is ranked 10 equally. Well, I mean, that's, that's one of my conditions. If I had no feeling... Yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah. It, it, it okay. made the list. Yeah. Well, that was your number four, right? That was indeed. Oh, uh, Zane's. Well, oh no, I'm reading the wrong list. <laughs> Guys, oh, there's too many lists. There's two lists. I'm terrified. Uh, at 175 million, Zane puts Suicide Squad. Right. With a generous number four, I think. <laughs> um, Jordan? Uh, so, number four, I had another um, combination of multiple films was basically any of the Transformers movies that came out this decade. <laughs> Pure, unadulterated garbage. If you like those movies, you're a bad person and you should feel bad because you are enabling them to continue to make them. So Jordan shooting on China by the sounds of it. Yeah, fuck China. There, I said it. <laughs> Jordan, China's still cool. Um, my number four movie though, Justice League. Okay. Uh, sure. Look, I'll accept it. Not happy about it. Being on the <laughs> list. Accept it. I don't know. They, I'm okay. There's this whole thing going around. People wanted to see the Snyder cut of this film because this film ended up being a Joss Whedon film and a bad Joss Whedon film at that. Um, and I've always been like, you know what? No, I'm all right. Because Zack Snyder's ones, I didn't like Man of Steel, but it wasn't this, you know, it wasn't a terrible film. I just thought it was not fun. And then there was Batman v Superman. I was like, oh, maybe Zack Snyder's not a good director. <laughs> maybe he can't do this. Um, I'm a little bit curious because this film came out really watered down. It looked bad. Um, and a lot of the stuff that we had built on in the last two movies was just thrown out for it. But it's weird because it kind of felt like the, the, the main problem I had with the DC films wasn't that they weren't fun, but it feels like that was the feedback that they had gotten. Marvel movies are fun. Our movies are not fun. So they tried to make a fun movie with a cast of tragic characters <laughs> and it just totally did, didn't sit right. The reason Batman v Superman ranks better on this list than me is while I think a lot of bad choices were made, they were at least from a character point of view more consistent than they were right. in this film. Okay. Whereas this film, I, I actually felt like, and rightfully so, there are two people 
debating over what story we're telling. And in the end, we got two shitty stories rather than one okay story. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> what are we up to though? Number We're up to shitty bronze. Shitty bronze. Excellent. <laughs> Tarnished bronze, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this one is a 2019 film. Uh, Murder Mystery. The fourth of Adam Sandler's- You've got to stop watching these movies, man. <laughs> Look, I saw the trailer come up just flicking through Netflix and it seemed like an interesting idea, right? Uh, is that the one with Jennifer Aniston? Jenner, Jennifer Aniston. I think I watched like the first 10 minutes of that and fell asleep. Didn't yep. get back to it. Yep. Adam Sandler and his wife Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Aniston are um, uh, stuck on a boat and accused of murder. That's what the, the trailer is. And then there's a bit of an adventure of them running around. I thought, okay- that you can't really screw up a murder mystery. You can. <laughs> but well, the fact that this is number three on your list kind of proves you can. <laughs> you really have to go out of your way. And this is entirely a squandered opportunity. It's you can you can see it in the film that the entire reason for making this film was an excuse for Adam Sandler to have a paid vacation through right. different areas of of Europe. <laughs> what would have made this film a lot better? If it was confined, right? Um, if you if you're not not familiar with the with the plot, they get um, uh, uh, he's a he's a cop who you know never took his detective test or something. He's always yeah. afraid to or just unambitious in, in that in, in that regard. He um, uh, is kind of treating his wife poorly. Like he's always promised this honeymoon to to Europe. But ten years have gone by and, and nothing's happened. Yeah, and I got that far into it, and he's made no effort to to sort of uh, make it happen. Yeah. So she kind of convinces him to you know do it. Uh, mm. You know, it has to it has to happen. They're they're on the plane. He's sleeping, snoring. She gets up and meets this very wealthy guy on the plane who invites them to his uncle's yacht, who is sailing out of uh, Monte Carlo. Fine setup, right? That's that's perfectly fine. On the ship. The wealthy uncle chastises everybody on there and is murdered. What a shock. Right? Kind of like Clue. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Mr. Body yep. uh, reveals to everybody that they're all connected. The lights go out. He dies. But instead of trying to figure out what happened before the ship gets back to dock, you know, kind of putting a clock on it, okay, we're, we're going to get back to the dock and, you know, they're, they're trying to pin it on yeah, Adam Yeah, the Oriental Express. You know, you've yep. you got to get there before you... Yeah. Yep, they're trying to pin it on, on, on the American couple... So, you know, it seems natural that there would be that sort of clock and we've got to figure out who, who did it and, and do that. No, none of that. They basically land straight away. They get arrested and there's, there's this whole adventure. They're in a hotel. Uh, it gets messy and horrible. Huge squandered opportunity for a great story. Yeah. It does have a nice little twist that would have been even better if it was a, a confined story on the ship. You know, everything that happens could have happened on the ship and it would have been so much better. Right. If it just held back. But no, Adam Sandler wanted to stay at all these hotels <laughs> and he got what he wanted. He and the it. movie suffered for it. By God, he did it. <laughs> Zane's number three um, at a budget of $250 million. Another film I've not seen because why would I do this myself? 2013's The Lone Ranger. Right. Why would I ever go okay. to a Johnny Depp film yeah. if I didn't have to? Now we're for up to a quarter billion and this is only number three. Yes, um, wow. it's, it's expensive movies. It, they, they don't, they get a little bit more expensive than that, but not by much. Like now he's not factoring in. This isn't lost money. This is just a waste of money. Yes, he's just saying this <laughs> film shouldn't exist, and the fact that it exists for this much money is even worse. Yep. 
Understood. Sure. Uh, Jordan, you're number three. My number three is another horror entry. It's the completely pointless and unnecessary 2016 remake of Cabin Fever. I don't know why it exists. Right. That movie was made in like 2002. It was solid. It's a good like cult horror movie. Like I look back on it fondly. Don't know why this exists. It's literally like beat for beat, almost shot for shot remake of the original movie, except all of the performances are awful. The editing is awful. <laughs> Everything I liked about the original movie has been taken away and replaced with garbage. Right. Mm. I, I don't know why it happened. It's a bold I move. can't imagine it made any money, so you can't say money was the factor. It, yeah, just no. Don't, and, like, and Eli Roth was a producer on it. Like, you let this that, happen yeah. to your own movie. What are you doing? Money. Like, the, I, I don't know if it's going to be any good, and maybe this will be the one that sticks, but, like, there's another fucking Black Christmas remake coming out this year as well. Yeah, and like, it looks, it doesn't look, like, it looks like, I actually just watched Black Christmas the other day, and, like, you can just tell that in this remake, they're not going to do the story. It's going to be, and, like, sure, you can do it, but it's just going to be, like, one of those movies where, you know, they flip it on their head, and, oh, all the girls get back at the man. Yeah. Like, they're not, like, not going to do Black Christmas the way that Black Christmas should be done. And also, was Black Christmas even that well-loved when it did come out that we need another one? It's got like a bit of a cult following, I guess. It's like yeah. one of those like older horror movies that people do think of quite you know, well because it is kind of early on in the sort of slasher genre. Like it's probably one of the first like memorable slasher movies. It's not a fantastic movie by any stretch, but it's one of those ones that is, it's, it's well-liked and well-respected. My number three. This is tough. I could have shifted around this top three in any direction. My number three is Fantastic Beasts 2, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. More like the bullshit, bullshit <laughs> movie that is realistically just a comma between number one and number three. Because fuck all happens in this right. film, except for in the last 10 minutes. And if it's a ten, if you need 10 minutes of story, you put them onto just the first half of the, the next of the one. Last movie. That too. Yep. Um, waste of time, waste of money. Um, and I, I, I don't love the Harry Potter franchise. I like it. I get enjoyment from it. I've read the books growing up. I've seen the movies. Most of them are fine. The ones that are, are bad, they're not bad because they're poorly made. They're bad because they bore me. And that's that is that's my personal preference. Mm-hmm. Like this always is. This film was just. It was all foreplay and no fucking, and that's a problem. And <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's hard to want to recommend a movie that's there to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, up to silver. Silver, shitty silver. For this one, another 2019 film, another Netflix film. Oh, no. The Laundromat. I've not heard of that. Also Adam Sandler? It's not Adam Sandler. Okay. (laughs) It's like a sweater commander. How many times do you have to get stung and get hit by the rat trap (laughs) until you stop trying to take the cheese from it? Murder Mystery was the last one. Adam Sandler is not doing any more Netflix films. That's it. He's checked out. Yep. Okay. Uh, no. one, one would argue Adam Sandler's been checked out for about 15 <laughs> years now. Uh, the Laundromat stars Meryl Streep, no. Gary, o- Gary Oldman, no. Antonio Banderas. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. He's a good actor. Like, He's entertaining oh in parts. It's just like he was definitely the weak link there, though. And some other people. Bernard from Westworld is in it as well. I've never seen Westworld. That's good. I've heard. First, first season's things. good. Second yeah. season belongs on this list. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yep. Okay. As, as a disappointment. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, the Laundromat tried to do 
for the Panama Papers what the Big Short did for the financial crisis. Oh, okay. And it failed spectacularly. Uh, only because it it didn't focus on on any one kind of emotional story. It it all seemed really contrived the way it was being told. Right. I'm sure they were referencing some real life things, but they didn't go in depth and assign actual names to actual situations like the Big Short did, because mm. that these are the people, and it highlighted where they changed the film. Um, from it, it, where they changed reality to, to make the film more interesting, but kind of took the time to say, okay, this didn't actually happen. This okay. is, it, this is being done for the film. How it actually happened was was this and this, and we met these people, and it kind of does it in a very lighthearted way. Laundromat does none of that. It kind of beats you over the head that you know you should care about these people because they're being screwed over by these other people who are rich, and that's why they're bad. Right. And it just does not work as a as as a movie as a story completely squandered all these talented people involved in mm. it and just wasted yeah right okay ready for zane's number two mm. now okay this is number two because it seems like the budget he's found for it is he couldn't get an exact one so he knows it's more than the last one but not as maybe not as much as the one after it okay so at a budget of between 250 to 300 million Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Right. Already spoken about that. Stupid film. <laughs> stupid expensive film. Um, that's his number two. Already. My number two is another one that we have discussed at length just recently. Uh, number two went to The Last Airbender. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> you think it was the second worst film of the decade? Like I said, I ordered these very quickly. But <laughs> as right, far okay, as, okay, as, that's, far that's as movies that I really did not enjoy how much I did not enjoy it is very fresh in my memory. Okay. So perhaps that's why it's rated so highly, but I feel like it definitely belongs in this list. I can appreciate that. My number two worst film of the decade comes right after one of my top films of the decade. It's X-Men Apocalypse. Right. What a piece of shit. <laughs> um, it turns out you can make bad actors do, sorry, good actors do really bad things. Um, the film structurally skips its second act um, in a sense they the teams, so have you guys seen it at all or in recent memory? I don't think I've seen that one. I no. haven't, known. So it's classic bad guy comes, he recruits members of the existing X-Men or Magneto's team and brings them to his squad and, um, you know, starts his old bad guy league. At the same time, all the X-Men are scattered. So Charles is kind of gathering them up piece by piece. As he's they gathering, keep track of where the X Men are. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they need some sort of house, house. where they could all live together. <laughs> um, they finally get everyone. The bad guy attacks them, kills a, a member that's been in the sh in the series now for three movies, and they don't follow up on that. They shoehorn in an X A um, Wolverine mm -hmm. cameo, and then suddenly we arrive at the end of the third act when they're having their first proper confrontation with the bad guy and they defeat him. Like it did the thing that Van Forstick did where it's just like, oh, we're at the end. Um, but thank God, because it was bad. Um, what's the girl that has Mystique's name again? Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. This is after she kind of fell out of love with the series as well. Right. So she's bloody awful in it as well. It, it's just messy. And it's so infuriating after they hit first class, um, Days of Future Past. And then this, like you had two like, fucking good movies mm. and then you do what i would say is debatably the worst in the series and that's putting it behind x-men 3 like just uh, dis disappointment and i don't know i just hate it when a movie can't <laughs> remember how to structure itself like <laughs> that's what you do that before you start rolling the cameras yeah you, you look at what you've written and yeah. you're like is that yep cool that works 
and the fact that it that part was fucked up and made it all the way to being in cinemas <laughs> is the worst. But here we are, number one. The worst film of the decade. Now this is coming out before December the 19th. So had it come out after December 19th, maybe this list would have changed somewhat. Okay. But worst film of the decade. The Last Jedi. You haven't seen uh, it. <laughs> the Last Jedi. Oh, the Last Jedi. <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> the, the Skywalker Returns. No, the fuck I haven't seen it yet. Bastard. That's why I said it's coming out before it's released. So it, <laughs> I, had it come out after. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Ryan Johnson took a franchise, took an established canon, and unwrote major parts of it right. for seemingly no reason. You know, I'm I'm sure there, were, there was a you know, political motivation. Uh, uh, what's her name? Um, yeah, Trump Kennedy. really <laughs> he hates the, the Kenobis. Kennedy, <laughs> uh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy um, is no stranger to the feminist movement and injecting that into into her projects. And Star Wars doesn't doesn't need that. You can write, you know, women characters who are fantastic. Sure, go for it, but don't beat people over the head with it. That's not what Star Wars is about. That's not the forum. That. See, sure. my problem was that it was a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yep. yep. No, that, that's yeah, end of story. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm like, oh, I see you made another Star Wars movie. Let me add that to my list. <laughs> but as, but as a, a, a sequel to the franchise, as a sequel to uh, The Force Awakens, it was entirely disappointing. Because it didn't even follow on from, from Force Awakens, which took the time to set up several things. Mm. And then Last Jedi just squashed them down. Yeah, you know, yeah. Last Jedi is you know the worst improv partner. You're there throwing stuff out, you know, expecting a yes and situation, and they're yes oaring you. And yeah, la- I could and do that. Last or. Jedi is like, well, that's not very funny. Let's do this instead. <laughs> this will work better. Yeah, I like this. I'm comfortable over here. Thank you. For me, it's grading levels of shit. Um, <laughs> that's the same. Like, I'm such a fence sitter on Star Wars. I'm like, yeah. it's fine. I don't yeah. love it. I don't hate it. I'll watch the movies. But I know that The Last Jedi was bad because, like, 95% of hardcore Star Wars fans that I know hated it. Yep. My issue was, once, like, you kind of covered it. You set up all these wonderful ideas in The Force Awakens and then to just ignore them and yeah, forget that's it's just that's it's just bad storytelling. Yep, yeah, forget established canon. Forget the complete unwriting of Luke Skywalker as a character, even as a you know alone as a, as a sequel to Force Awakens. It's a bad film, and deserves to be on that list for that reason yeah. alone. Not to mention all the other stuff. Which is this is why I'm kind of as excited as a person who hates Star Wars can be for the new one. <laughs> Because there were things set up in The Force Awakens that I would like to see how they pan out. And now we've got Abrams back who's probably going to tell us. Yeah. So I'm excited in the sense of I like to know how, when something starts, how it ends. And yeah. I'm hoping that this is it. Fingers crossed. But the downside is it's also going to be, I'll find it in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the, that's the job, I guess. If we weren't reviewing Rise of Skywalker, I probably wouldn't even have gone to the cinema to see it. But you're going to love it. Mm. We'll see. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. Worst film of the decade, Last Jedi. Zane's okay. worst film of the decade at a budget of $300 million, We've spoken about it already, Justice League. Yep. Um, right. But like I said, he just went off financials. Yeah. That means if, you know, Batman v Superman cost a dollar extra, it would have been number one. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Alrighty, coming in at number one, I had movie forty three. This really? made my list what originally. What a trash I, yeah. can of a film! How like how a movie with such a good cast, so many writers, and a movie that took four years to make can be so painfully bad and unfunny. I do not understand. I love movie forty three. Really? Yeah, that shocks me honestly it's a it has a soft spot like you know some of the sketches are a bit rubbish but for the most part they're pretty good and the overarching story of them uh you know trying to find movie 43 to i kind of like that concept time fun yeah but everything in between i just find (laughs) to be so so bad like it's i don't remember genuinely laughing once during the movie Okay. Uh, and it came out at a time when I was younger and was very immature. And Hugh, I still did not find any of it funny. Hugh Jackman's uh, ball sack on the chin guy is a rubbish sketch. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the best one. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, Chris Pratt and Anna Faris, mm. where she wants, uh, she wants to... No, she wants him to shit on her chest. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in a in a show, that's mm-hmm. kind of nice. The way that's all built up. And, Richard Gear talking about sex toys with blenders in their mouths. Yeah, that was that was a rubbish sketch. <laughs> they're all they're all trash. All of them are rubbish sketches. No, no, no. The one with um, uh, what's his you name? You talking about this is just reminding me of all the crap I've forgotten. What's his name? He's. I'm, I'm so surprised that you're defending this. <laughs> the one with uh, I, I can't remember his name. Uh, Must have been really good. No, he's, <laughs> they've they've got a kid and they're trying to give him like the college experience. Uh, um, yeah, the, yeah, I remember the one you're talking about with his parents. Homeschool, yeah. 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 Oh, um, it's on the tip of my I tongue. I'll, s- I'll scream out his name when it comes in. I love that. That's that's my favorite sketch of the whole week. And second, right. <laughs> second close to that is the one with Halle Berry and the other guy where they keep daring each other to do weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then they end up. He ends up getting plastic surgery to be this Chinese guy. <laughs> And after you know years of, of doing this and sort of dating and this escalation, she says, eh, you're great, but I really don't like Chinese guys. I really don't like Asian guys. See you later. <laughs> well, film is a subjective art form. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's not subjective? My worst movie of all time, Suicide Squad. You know Squad. what? I think it is. I don't hate Suicide Squad. Really? Oh, trashy trash film. Trash, trash, <laughs> trash. Didn't try and make sense. Characters were all over the place. Motivations were just like out the door. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I think they had a really fun visual style, but unfortunately they thought, hey, that's a film. And they forgot about all the stuff. Leave Schreiber. Leave Schreiber. That's, that's, that's his one. name. Oh, okay. So I was like, <laughs> yes. Um, I just felt like this movie was all over the place. It's a weird, it's a unique situation. So the, the, um, the trailer came out and kind of went like mini viral for a movie trailer and it was cut like a music video. And then they decided to take the team that was actually editing the film off the film and put the team that edits the trailer into editing the actual film, oh no. which is a different thing, right. different sort of art style. So that's why the film kind of feels like it's a bit of a mess because okay. unfortunately it was done by people who don't edit together long form pieces of media. Um, and the entire film, like I said, really cool visuals, but unfortunately just from like a character point of view and telling the story, it was just, choppy and changing all over the place and it was for a very simple story very hard to follow and what should have been a really fun like guardians of the galaxy but badass ended up just being like guardians of the galaxy but like trauma and bad <laughs> yeah and i don't know jared leto was the joker was pretty bad he wasn't in it for long, he wasn't in it for long but they thought that was a good idea yeah. <laughs> And it costs money, I assume. 
Yeah. <laughs> a waste of her money. Do we, actually, wait. <laughs> I think Zane actually had it. certainly did. I think Zane had it on the list of money costing things. Yeah. 175 million. There you go. Dang. Quite a lot of money wasted. Will Smith there was fine is. in it. Yeah. Yeah. But well, what do you, like, aren't they doing it again now with like a different cast James, for some reason? Yeah. So James Gunn from Suicide Squad, when he was briefly fired from Marvel, got picked up to do it. So now he's doing that and he's coming back and doing Guardians 3. Um, he's brought in a couple of different actors. Nathan Fillion's going to be appearing in it. Sure. Um, I think the guy that played Yondu in Guardians is Michael Rooker's also coming and appearing in it. Okay. John Cena's been cast in it, so we'll be talking about that one. Fantastic. Right. Um, Can't wait to see John Cena sharing screen time with Pete Davidson. About time, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the guy that played Rick Flagg staying, Harley Quinn staying. I believe Will Smith stepped out. Um, he's not coming back, but they've yeah, cast- Yeah, that's a shame because he was like the, one of the higher points of the first movie. Yeah. He's, a, he's a YouTuber now. Idris Elba's <laughs> being cast. things to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they've got like a, a cast of like 20 different members of the right. squad coming through. So I think James Gunn's plan is to literally blend through them. Great. But I Jeez, trust- that's not going to be a complete mess. A nice early entry yeah. for our 2020s <laughs> entry. James <laughs> Gunn's done some fun stuff with, with his films. I'm- more excited, but the guy that did this one, um, Suicide Squad, it was um, old mate from Training Day, wasn't it? Right. Um, whose name definitely escapes me. I'm not stalling because we've hit 56 minutes and I want to do the hour. <laughs> um, you're stalling. Uh, let me find out. Um, but it was a yeah, surprisingly good director that they had in for Suicide Squad. You know, I never uh, saw it. I never saw. I, I, don't. I was David Ayer. There we go. He's not Training Day. He did um. Did he do Training Day? Yeah. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, yeah. look at this guy. Um. So yeah, decent director no, coming in. Fury it. as well. That was a good movie. Yeah. No, multiple opportunities and just never. Well, was never enticed to it. He's. I like Margot Robbie. Yeah, I've she's seen her in a lot fine, of good yeah. stuff. You know, but she just from the trailers, it seemed like her role was going to be very uh, cotton candy. Like it was just right. going to be you know sweet on the surface and not have any substance mm. to it. It wasn't going to fill you up. I did catch the first episode of the new animated Harley Quinn series that's coming out on the DC Network sort of thing. Genuinely fucking hilarious. I was surprised. The only thing I'd seen going in was I got told it's a bit more adult and I was like, oh, here we fucking go. (laughs) No, it is like, I I hate using this as a reference point because people kind of use it as like, it's the smartest show on television. (laughs) Like it's adult in a sense like how Rick and Morty can be adult. It's not adult as in the sense like- Movie forty three was an adult film, right. you know. Um, was that yeah. which which studio did that? Do you know which one? Movie forty three because we've got DC for you with Suicide Squad, DC so Zane Warner Brothers with um, uh, Batman v, v Superman. Let's go to the Googles and we've find out what building I'm burning. Who do you have? Disney your? Star Wars with so, me for yeah. last for last Jedi. So we've got Disney and two Warner Brothers. Yeah. Well, well, DC essentially. It's, they they are run through Warner Brothers. Yeah. Marvel is was their own studio, and then were bought by Disney. But Warner Brothers owns the DC film, so it's made by Warner Brothers Studios. Right. Okay. Um, which is why all their characters are in one place because the so Warner Brothers is, doesn't own DC. They own the movie rights at the very least, and the cartoon oh, right. rights. Um, but yeah, they're um all made through that one studio, which is why okay. they can use all their characters. Whereas Marvel's when they almost went bankrupt, they sold off in like the five corners of the globe. And of course, yeah. So um, movie 43 was made by a bunch of production companies I've not heard of. There you yeah. go. Hot mess. <laughs> yep. <laughs> One production company per writer. See, look, uh, may it, as well be. I, I, I will defend it because it's one of those movies that crosses over that's so bad it becomes good 
long. See, I can't even put it in that in that sector. I feel like it's just bad. I <laughs> some, of the, some of the sketches are great. I can't explain how drunk I would need to be <laughs> to have a good time watching that movie. <laughs> well, we shall try. New Year's movie 43 it is. N- no. <laughs> oh, God, no. Let's, well, let's top out the decade with a nice bang. Well, we are 40 seconds off hitting a variety hour, so I think it's time to start signing Find out. us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast TNC. Or a little you bit can slower than tweet that, us actually. if you live in the future at Second Take Podcast TNC. I don't know. You, know. you know it by now. Yep. Look for <laughs> us on Facebook. I regret this. Facebook.com slash Second Take and if you'd like to send us an email, secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be once again posting up alongside this episode a bit of a thing on our Facebook so you can drop in your bottom 10 list for the decade. Uh, if you want to jump to our website, secondtakepodcast.com. And if you'd like to support the show, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash secondtake. By God, gentlemen, we've done it. Good. We've hit the variety hey. hour. Terrific. It's a feather for our cap. Yep, so now we can legally say that we've done that and <laughs> it's fine. Uh, we'll see you on Monday for what I want to say will be Star Wars. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. <laughs> and you can always amend this list the week, the, like the Wednesday after on the Variety Hour. The rumors, yeah, we'll do a don't, clerical. <laughs> the rumors don't sound good. All right, well, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. And I'm excited. You're going to lo- Star Wars is great. Except for when it's Star Wars. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.